Welcome to episode three of Around the Arena, a podcast series highlighting the UF Western Equestrian Team. I'm your host, Ryan Rhodes, a senior at the University of Finley and an IHSA Western Team member. This is a five-episode podcast series that will take you through part of the 2011 and 2012 season of the UF Western Equestrian IHSA team. Throughout the series, we'll continue to bring you news, facts, and information on the team, interviews from the head coach, Cindy Moorhead, and anything regarding the Western team in the equine industry. You can listen to these podcasts anytime by logging on to the Finley website, www.finley.edu, and click Athletics. After clicking that, click on the Western Equestrian Team section, either under Men's or Women's Sports, and then click on the podcast section at the top of the page that comes up. The first show of the season is just around the corner. In today's episode, we'll talk about how practices have been going, how the coach thinks the team is looking for the show ring, and if there is anything the team still needs to improve on before the show. We'll also talk about horse behavior from an 85-year-old horseman who has found four key concepts to help him understand horse behavior after more than seven decades of working with animals. Let's saddle up now. The first show is almost here. It's on Saturday, November 5th at the University of Finley Western Farm. The team has been working hard and head coach Cindy Moorhead thinks they're ready to compete. I think the team looks great. Um, I've been to every practice this last week and uh, I think everybody has really stepped up and uh, has improved a lot and I think they're ready to go show. Cindy says practices have been going well. The team has been putting forth effort and Cindy thinks they're ready to go forward and start a new year. The coaches have had the team do a lot of different exercises and practices. Some of these include riding bareback, taking feet out from the stirrups and standing up in the stirrups, all while riding. Cindy hopes doing these things will help riders improve their position and make them look their best when showing. They've also talked about showing etiquette and procedures of what to do in the ring. At this time during the season, Cindy says it is hard to know what the team still needs to improve on before the show. She thinks they need to have a competition to see if the team is on the right track. As far as horses, the coach thinks they will do all right for the riders and feels happy with the horses the school has. Oh, I think they'll be good. We uh, are fortunate to have nice horses to work with. Uh, been to a number of different schools, and I haven't seen any horses anywhere that are, you know, the quality that we have. They're always asking us to bring them to nationals or semifinals when they're in the area because they like to be able to use them. A change in the show procedures this year is the way riders draw horses for their classes. Instead of riders standing in line and doing it themselves at a draw table, the names of horses will be drawn during the coach's meeting prior to the show. The coach says this new way will hopefully speed things up and make preparation a lot simpler. There will be six different schools coming to compete. These include Akron, Oberlin, Bowling Green, Tiffin, Wooster, and Lake Erie. Cindy feels Finley is ready to go out and kick butt. I think everybody's ready to go show. We're starting later, and we normally we've had a show by now. You know, got one under our belt, so this is later in the season to start out, so everybody's really, I think, excited about getting in there. The team is ready to go out and give it all they have. On Saturday, November 5th, the show will get underway at around 9 a.m., the second show that day will start no earlier than 1 p.m. Wish all of us luck, including me. I'll be showing in the Intermediate 1 class, which consists of walk, trot, and lope. I'm ready to do my best and hopefully be happy with my results. We hope to see all of you at the show. Go Oilers! <laughs> We're going to switch gears now and talk about horse behavior. With all the time people spend working with horses, it's important to understand as much as possible about their behavior. In the November 2011 issue of Western Horsemen, there's an article by an 85-year-old horseman named Robert M. Miller. 
He has worked with animals for more than seven decades and believes he has found four key concepts that help him understand horse behavior. Let's examine each of these four concepts. The first concept Miller mentions is horses are not afraid of predators. They are afraid of predatory behavior. The horse is a prey animal. When the horse is in the wild with animals such as lions and wolves, its main defense is flight. Unlike other animals that have horns or large teeth, the horse's physiology, reaction time, and perceptive senses are designed for immediate and swift flight from danger. The hunt begins with the stock. However, until the predator begins its stock, the animal is not alarmed. The prey animals are aware of the predators within sight of them, but not until those predators assume a walking posture is the flight instinct precipitated. As a result, any unfamiliar objects may cause alarm in a horse. It could be something as harmless as a trash can or a coat hanging on a fence. But if it is not identified by the horse as a familiar or harmless object, it causes alarm. When this occurs, the horse's head goes up, the ears go forward, nostrils dilate, the body tenses, and the horse is prepared to run. In the process of training horses, time should be spent desensitizing them to all sorts of moving and stationary objects. Desensitizing is an important part of training that cannot be overdone and will not make the horse numb. Instead, horses can be thoroughly desensitized to ordinary frightening stimuli, but yet highly sensitized to the rider's signals. The second part of horse behavior Miller mentions is horses establish the dominance hierarchy by controlling the movement of their peers. In this case, the lead horse controls the movement of its subordinates and can do so with slight threatening movements including the swing of a head with ears pinned back or the threat of a kick. Older mares almost always lead wild horses. She may not be the strongest or quickest, but she has the most experience. The mare knows when to run, which way, and how far. That is what has kept her alive for so long and why everyone else in the group follows her instinct. Physical strength has nothing to do with leadership in horses. It all depends on how well a person is able to effectively and correctly control the horse's movement. Movement is life to the horse, a flight creature, whose swift feet are the only guarantee to survival in the wild. We can control movement in two ways, prevent it or cause it. If we cause movement, we obtain leadership. The secret of horse tamers, past and present, is control of motion. If it is done correctly, the horse accepts our leadership. The third area of behavior is the horse is born neurologically mature with all senses functioning. The horse must be on its feet soon after birth and follow its mother in order to stay alive in the wild. These are known as precautional species, or species learning times are right after birth. Anything that moves will imprint upon these newborns. Miller says that is why we continue to see examples of strange friendships on television and on the internet between ordinarily antagonistic species, such as cats and birds, or deer and dogs. Miller has realized over time the best learning times are the minutes and hours after birth. The fourth and final area of horse behavior Miller talks about is the goal of horsemanship can and should be 100% respect and zero fear. If a horse is fearful but feels it cannot flee, then the alternative is to fight. Miller says we can try to minimize fear by handling green horses or baby foals. Since dominance in horses is achieved by controlling movement, there is no need to instill fear of us in the horse. Therefore, we can achieve complete respect and compliance with an absolute minimum of fear on the horse's part. This is why we are now seeing a revolution in horsemanship wherein the techniques mastered by very few talented horsemen are available to all. Miller says we have to want to learn and take advantage of the books, videos, articles, teaching clinics, and courses available today. That sums up the article about horse behavior by Robert M. Miller. Again, the article is in the November 2011 issue of Western Horsemen if you want to read the entirety. This wraps up episode three of Around the Arena. The podcasts of the series are located at www.finley.edu on the athletics page. Just click on the Western Team section in either the men's or women's sports columns, and then click on the podcast section at the top of the page. 
If you have any questions or comments, send an email to roadsr at finley.edu. My last name is spelled what you drive on. The letters are R-O-A-D-S. You can also post comments and questions on the link to the podcast from the athletics page. If you want to know more about the show association, IHSA, visit the website, ihsainc.com. In episode four in a couple weeks, we'll have a rundown and review of the November 5th show, how the coach felt about the team, what could have went better, and what they might do differently for the next show. We'll also be talking about a new horse feed coming out this December that will have four varieties for the four seasons. Stay tuned for all this in a couple weeks. This has been a production of Around the Arena, a podcast series highlighting the UF Western equestrian team. I'm your host, Ryan Rhodes. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.